Hi, Tara Egan here. Welcome back to One Day You'll Thank Me. I am here to introduce this week's Encore episode. And what that means is if we need to pause recording our podcast due to a holiday, a vacation, or we are between seasons, we like to look back through some old episodes, see which one or two or five, whatever we decide on, were absolute favorites, and then reintroduce them. So it's an opportunity for new listeners to catch up with some things that we've done in past seasons, or if you are a longtime listener, to get a fresh look at some material that we previously presented. So thanks for being here and enjoy our encore episode. Welcome to season three of One Day You'll Thank Me, a podcast for smart parents. I'm Dr. Tara Egan. And I'm not a Dr. Anna. I'm a mom, a therapist, and an author. And I'm a daughter and a kick-ass high school student. Each week, we'll discuss a different parenting topic. And we'll interview some fantastic guest experts. We'll leave you with practical tips and information. Plus, you'll get the perspective of a teen. Stay tuned, everyone. Boom. Hello, we're back. This is Dr. Tara Egan. And I'm Anna. Do you know when you were little, I used to call you Anna Banana? Aww. No, I mean, I know you know that because I still call you that. But when you were (laughs) in daycare, your friends, I would come in and say like, come on, Anna Banana. And your little daycare friends would just call you Anna Banana. They'd be like, Anna Banana, your mom is here. (laughs) Do you remember that? No, I do remember eating a banana at school every day. Like oh, really? Half a banana. Yeah, it was part of my breakfast. I don't know why I remember that so well. Well, it's common daycare food. Yeah, bananas are good. Yeah. Okay, so today we are going to talk about whether or not teens should be forced to spend time with their parents. So, like, we're trying to figure out, as teens grow up in a way, what is the healthy path when it comes to teens connecting with their parents? Like, what is the best way to do it? And should parents kind of fight that battle to keep their kids Mm -hmm. engaged in their house, even though they want to be out cruising with their friends? Cruising. No one uses cruising. No, but you do it. You like to, now that you have a license, Yeah. you like to go and cruise. So, okay. First of all, I'm going to ask you, do you think it's important for kids or teenagers specifically, obviously we're not talking about like eight-year-olds here. We're talking about like yeah. teenagers, probably kids who are eighth, ninth, 10th, 11th grade. Do you think it's important that they spend time with their parents? Yeah, I think so. Why? Do you need to have some kind of conversation with them? I mean, they're their parents. They care about you and you should care about them. Do you feel like your friends generally want to spend time with their parents? Mm, some of my friends, but... I don't know. I don't really have honestly I haven't really spent time with friends lately, but it almost like feels like their parents are like side characters. Like they're there but like they're not their primary thing in their life. Yeah, like they have more important things to do or to prioritize. Okay. So you'd say some of your friends are not prioritizing time with their parents. Yeah, I mean, I know people they're not really my friends, but I know people from school who like 
spend nights like they'll spend one night at one friend's house, one night at another friend's, another friend, another night. Like and they're like every night they're going to dinner or they're going to the mall or like they're constantly not home. And I just don't understand how they do it. So there's times where your friends will go many days and not see their parents. I'm pretty sure. I mean, that I know of. I mean, they might stop by and say hi, but it always seems like they're somewhere else. Okay. That's interesting because I make you spend time with us. Uh-huh. On a scale of one to ten. It is even during a pandemic, which makes me know, like, I thought it would slow down after COVID, but I guess not. What? It would slow down that you have to spend time with your parents? No, no, no. That, like, people would spend time more with their friends than at home. Oh. Well, I think that some people created, like, a pod where they had a, a little safe social circle during the pandemic. So they would have one or two friends that, you know, the parents were in agreement that they were part of that circle versus like randomly socializing with people out in the community. Uh, I think it could go either way. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm going to tell you my opinion. My opinion is I do think kids should spend time with their parents. I think that, when kids go long periods of time without connecting with their parents, when they do connect, because it's going to happen, it ends up being a very like transactional conversation. You know, like, did you apply to that college? Did you do this chore I asked you to do? Did you get your math homework done? And there really isn't an opportunity for just kind of casual conversation and bonding. And I know for me, now that you're a teenager and your brother is a teenager, like, I don't want to say I can be more myself because I've always been myself around you, but you are more capable of having conversations that are connected and more adult focused. And so I feel like it's an opportunity for you to know me and for me to know you better. And so I would hate for us to have missed out on that type of interaction because I don't see you for days and days and you don't prioritize your dad or me or your step parents as like people who mm -hmm. are worthy of spending time with. Yeah. So, I mean, I know that's just my opinion and not every parent feels that way, but I also think it's a way for me to keep appropriate supervision, like just to kind of know how you're spending your time. Yeah. Cause I think there's some parents who literally have no idea where their kids are mm -hmm. and it doesn't mean their kids are doing anything bad. I'm not saying they should be suspicious. But just the fact that they couldn't even tell you where their kids are. I was recently watching a TV show. I'm trying to think of what it's called. Little Fires Everywhere, which you haven't watched. But in it, I always like the parents were really loving parents and concerned. But there was always like it was clear they didn't know where their kids were. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, gosh, you know, and sometimes their kids were up to things that were kind of scary. And I just as a kid, my parents knew where I was. Yeah. And I like to know where you are. Mm hmm. So I mean, I, you're still like kids, like are you still under your parents supervision? Are you still your parents? You're not 18 yet, basically. Mm -hmm. Plus, I like the opportunity to be around your friends. Yeah. I like seeing why you like them because I get it. I think you've got nice friends and they're truly enjoyable people. Yeah. And then I just don't want you to have a whole compartment of your life that I kind of know nothing about. I feel like mm -hmm. as you get older, I always want you to be able to kind of come back and count me as like a home base. When things get scary or uncertain, you know, you can always come back around and you yeah. will be loved and supported 
and, you know, kind of give in what you need. Mm-hmm. So I think sometimes teenagers, when I talk to them, like in our, my counseling relationships with them is they they forget like how helpful it is to have their parents know enough about their world. And so, and even if they're making some questionable choices, cause I've, I've worked with parents who have a really healthy outlook of like, yeah, sometimes kids are going to do stuff you don't want them to do, or some, maybe even things you've actively told them not to do, but having them just do it secretly isn't necessarily getting you anywhere because then you don't have the opportunity to do any coaching or give them any feedback. And they're Mm -hmm. just kind of flying blind. Yeah. So what if you are a parent that is going to insist that your teens spend time with you? Like what can parents do to make that process less awful for the teen? Honestly, I just think that you need to give them like advance notice because I know I've had times where I felt like I had no notice and then I was like, well, I made plans to do something else. And they were like, what well, we're doing this and there's no questions asked. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm canceling that. Probably won't see them for a while. Like, that's it. But Does that feel like you're being disrespected? Yeah, it just feels like my feelings don't really matter. Or if I have plans, it doesn't matter because your plans are always going to come in first. Yeah, like you're the kid, so your plans don't mean anything. But my plans as the adult are somehow more important. Exactly. Okay. I think that you're right. I think advanced warning is good. And I I try to do that with you. Like you'll be with your dad and then I know you're going to transition to me. And I'll say, hey, I wanted to give you a heads up that we were invited to do this thing on Sunday afternoon or, Mm -hmm. Hey, it's about time. We go ahead and take care of this chore. Like this weekend, your stepdad and I are kind of like on a quest to do this gardening project. Mm -hmm. And there's a chance you're going to be dragged into it, or it might just mean that we'll be busy during that time. And so I wouldn't want you to count on having me be available for something when I'm not. So I always want you to know like, Hey, this is what's going on. And I try to tell you like, if we're going to do a weekend away and try to tell you like weeks in advance, so you don't get in your head that your weekend is going to look like one thing. And then I change it up on you. Yeah. But kids find that very stressful. Like the kids that I work with, and it could be a small thing. It could be, they got an image in their mind that they were going to play outside after school. And then mom's like, no, we're going to the dentist. Mm -hmm. Or we have to run an errand and go to the grocery store and the kid will like, and this is littler kids, will like kind of freak out because, and it's not that going to the grocery store is so offensive. It's that it completely altered their idea of what their afternoon was going to look like. Yeah. And I know I don't like that. No. Yeah, definitely. So what else can parents do to make forced family fun palatable? Probably just, I don't know, maybe know the times. Because maybe if you're doing something from 3 o'clock to 6 o'clock, you might be able to hang out with your friends in the morning or do something else after. Or It's kind of like making the expectations clear. Yeah, just knowing their details. I had a situation recently where a client was told ahead of time by a parent that they were going to be doing like a birthday dinner for their grandparent. And so the child could drive. And the child came at the time the mom said, she said, we're doing starting at six o'clock, you know, I want you to be there. And they showed up and they ate, like there was kind of like a buffet and they ate their food in like 20, 25 minutes. And then they just wanted to leave. Like to them, they had done it. They had come to grandparents and they had had dinner, Mm -hmm. but the mom was like, 
no, like stay and visit. We're having cake. Your grandmother was given like the special gift and we want you to be here while she opens it. And like they had two different expectations, like the child felt they had done their part and the parent did not. And I think had the mom said, okay, I want you there at six and plan for us to be there through cake and gifts. So, you know, realistically expect to be there till around eight or so. Mm-hmm. I think the kid would have been fine with it. I think, yeah. you know, this is a nice kid wants, loves a grandparent, but like they had just gotten these two separate pictures in their head and they both felt kind of resentful. Mm-hmm. And I think better communication could have prevented that. Definitely. Another thing is I tell parents that if you want your kids to spend time with you, do try to choose activities they're somewhat interested in. So if you're like, oh, we want to spend time with you this weekend, and then you want to go out with another couple who's an adult and doesn't have kids or they have kids and you don't like them. And like, that's not a good time to them. No. And so it's just kind of a deterrent. Whereas if you're like, hey, I know you're super into this, you know, new superhero movie that's coming out. Like, why don't we go do that? Or we know your favorite food is, you know, lasagna, like, let's have dinner together and actually make food that that child will enjoy. Like, I think it's appropriate to try to have it be mutually enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. What do you think about, do you feel like it's easier to do forced family fun if you get to bring a friend? Yes. I mean, at least my friends make things better. But honestly, it's just nothing if you're forced to do is ever going to be that enjoyable, I think. But if you just find something like bringing a friend or going somewhere that isn't as unenjoyable or I don't know what I'm trying to say, just Mm -hmm. finding some kind of line of somewhat enjoyableness uh enjoyability no (laughs) finding somewhat just enjoyable yeah something enjoyable that will make it less like an obligation yeah i feel less of an obligation but i think the difference is for you is that you generally at least present yourself as though you like us yeah. <laughs> so so the thing is, is there's some kids who will just say no to everything. It doesn't matter if you're like, hey, I'll take you and your friends somewhere you want to go out to eat or I'll take you to the mall or whatever. Like they will say no. And the parents. So even though I would like jokingly call it forced family fun, like if you're just waiting for your teenager to be like, oh, I so want to spend time with you, mom might end up waiting forever and never having it happen yeah so as much as i feel like all that happens a lot of shows like they'll be like the mom is like her day is going to be spent trying to do things that her kid would like to do so like come into the kids room was like hey how are you mm-hmm. you know it's, it's a show they're gonna try to make it funny or whatever be like do you want to go to the mall and go shopping and then the kid thinks oh i'm gonna go to the mall and go shopping and i'll meet my friends there and then the mom <laughs> thinks that they're going to go shopping together. It's like a whole thing. And like that brings up another point is sometimes parents think that family time has to be a really long time. Yes. Like it has to be a whole weekend away or it has to be a whole evening. From- or it has to be exactly perfect. Like if something goes wrong, like, I don't know, the cake doesn't get delivered on the right time for grandpa's birthday. Yeah. Then it's like all messed up. Remember that time we went on 4th of July to see fireworks and the traffic was so bad. Yeah, we, we never even made it. <laughs> yeah, we just pulled over. We on basically the side of the road. sat in the car the whole evening, yeah. and that was our activity. I and think like, we got milkshakes, though. I think we did. I think there was a point when we we're like, we're never going to make it. We're probably not going to even 
be able to see anything. And so we were like, let's just turn around and like go get burgers and shakes. Yeah. <laughs> and so, but that was an example of like, we had this great intention and it just didn't work. And I don't. And you still got family time out of it. I mean, we were in the car. I feel like we were listening to music. Like nobody got super mad about it. Oh, yeah. And, but if I had really pinned my hopes on having this magical night of fireworks sitting in a field and like connecting with you, like I could have been super disappointed. Yeah. But I just decided like, okay, well, we tried. It didn't work out. Got some chocolate. It's fine. Can't go wrong. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and your friend was with us. Yeah. And I she was that. really fine. She wasn't upset about it. She no. had a good sense of humor. Yeah. <laughs> so, so those are some things. Give advance notice, making sure kids know the beginning and end times of the activities, making sure you try to choose activities that the child will enjoy, allow them to bring their friends, and then also just respecting what other things that kid has going on. So, you know, like, like I said, I like to know if there's an expectation you have over the weekend so I can hopefully prioritize something you want and then you feel respected. And then in turn, we'll return that with me if I say, Hey, this is something I would like to do. And it doesn't have to be us spending hours and hours together. Yeah. Sometimes it's just podcasting on a Saturday afternoon. Yeah. I can't go wrong. Yeah. So I feel like there's a belief amongst kids and honestly, even some adults that if you tell kids that you have an expectation that they have dinner with you or you spend time that you have like put your kid in almost like a place of social harm because they potentially could miss out on an opportunity with friends. Because for a lot of kids, there's always something going on, whether it's just hanging out at somebody's house getting a bite to eat somewhere, going to an actual event like a football game or a movie or whatever, there's kind of always something going on. So if you have this belief that like, if I ha expect my kids to be home for dinner every Thursday night to have dinner with the family, when they have some friends who are, you know, going to go to a local restaurant and eat together, like I am harming my kid or that kid gets into a place that we're like, how dare you prevent me from spending a hundred percent of time with my friends or having me participate in a hundred percent of what's happening in my social world. And like, I'm a teenager and this is what I want to do. And you should just let me do it. Yeah. I think a lot of teenagers also use the excuse, like, this is what all teenagers do. Like, this is normal to mm -hmm. me not want to spend any time at home or not want to spending any time with my family. Like, I just want to be with my friends. That's normal. Or I always want to spend time, like, this is kind of off topic, but, like, in my room, like, never coming out. Like, I don't say it's not normal because a lot of people do do that. But mm -hmm. just saying hi is, you can't go, like, it's an okay thing to do. Well, remember we had Celeste Osborne on, and this was, like, way in the beginning of second season. And she was here talking about teen depression. And she was saying, like, if you have a kid who is in their room all the time, there's there's something out of balance there. Yeah, I get it. Kids have their own thing. They're, you know, talking to their friends or they're putting on makeup or they're drawing or whatever it is they're doing. And that's totally fine. But if your kid is so withdrawn to the point that they are kind of never coming out of their room, like that's a risk factor. Like that's something. Yeah. And I feel like if you're in your room for too long of a time, I just join you there. Yeah. I come in and lay on the bed and pet the oh, cat. Oh, it's not even too long of a time. You just come on I in. I miss you. <laughs> I always knock. No, no. I'm not saying it in a mean way. I'm like... Yeah. Sometimes I just need to get in bed, try out your pillows, yeah, pet your cat. <laughs> yeah. So, 
Yeah. But I just, I don't want it to be where we kind of forget about each other because we're not in each other's orbit enough. It's bad enough. You are only with me half the time. Yeah. I think I don't want to like say this like in a negative way, but divorced kids, like now they have to prioritize two families. They have their mom's side, their dad's side, all their step parents, their families on each side. So they kind of have double. That's true because your dad wants to see you. And of course, your stepmom, when you're with them, they might say, we want you to have dinner with us these nights a week. And then you come with me. And of course, I have those expectations. So you're kind of, you're never in a position where you can spend time with both of us at the same time. So you almost have to do double duty. Yeah. And like on your dad's side, you have your stepmom's parents who are your grandparents and you love dearly. You have your biological parents, dad's parents, so you have two sets of grandparents on that side. Our side, my side, we don't have as many grandparents. They just have passed on. But still, there's the extended family. Yeah. You know, like you have step-siblings and stuff we do together. So you're right. You actually probably have a heavier dose of family time than kids who don't have divorced parents. Yep. Wow. You should be given credit. I should. Okay. Such yeah. a good kid. I know. And your brother doesn't complain either. I try so hard. I know. Okay. So the last thing I want to say, and this is kind of just a piece of imagery that I give parents when I talk about the well-being of kids. And I talk about this with technology too, but I basically say, all right, imagine there's a pie and that pie is comprised of pieces of pie. And those pieces might consist of things like school, friends, technology usage, chores, family time, jobs or extracurricular activities. And like not all of those pieces of pie are an equal size because clearly like school is going to be a bigger piece of pie than like chores. And depending on what's going on, right? Like if you're on the volleyball team and it's volleyball season, your extracurricular activity or sports piece of pie might be different than your after school job or your chore piece of pie because it's what's going on in your life in that particular season. And so I tell parents like your kids piece of pie that is allotted for family should not be so very tiny that it's almost non-existent. The piece of pie that is designated for family should be substantial enough for you to stay connected and for your child to have balance. And if you take that piece of pie out, it's going to be out of balance. If your kid's pie just consists of school, friends, and technology, and that's kind of it, that is probably not a kid who's going to end up being super well-adjusted because they don't have that balance. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. What do you think? You think your pieces of pie are a reasonable size in each of those domains? Mm, Some of them. I think I could do better, but you know, always room for improvement. Yeah. For kid and... During COVID, I think your your pie is pretty good. Yeah. All right. Pie sounds good. <laughs> I know. I was just thinking that. I was like, have a pie. <laughs> All right. So today's topic, how much time should a teen spend with their parents is, do you feel like it's helpful? I think our audience will be helped by this. I hope so. And if you're a parent out there and your teen just like will not spend time with you and they think it's unnecessary and how dare you be involved in my life, maybe you could have them listen to this episode and just give them some perspective on how it's important to have balance and family connection, even during a stage in their life where it's perfectly natural to be wanting to grow up in a way. Boom. Boom. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. Yep. Thanks for listening. Love you, mom. Love you too, sweetie. 
Oh, 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 oh,